didn't see you there. Would you guys like to set sail on this ocean of flavor with me? I'll be your captain. I'm Steve Harrington. And I'm Colin. And I'm Whitney, and this is Scoops Ahoy, a Stranger Things podcast, where we go week by week, chapter by chapter, taking a look at every single episode of Stranger Things. We have now finished all episodes that are available, and we are trying to keep our scoopers happy in the meantime, and we're doing top five lists, doing some deep dives into some movies that influence Stranger Things. And this week, we are doing our top five Colin moments, and... If you happen to just be tuning into this episode, our Colin moments revolve around our host, Colin, <laughs> and different moments in the show that resonated with him because he's the exact same age as the kids in Stranger Things. That's true. Born in 1971, child of the 80s. I was an 80s baby, 90s kid. All right. So let's let's just jump right in. Hit it. So my number five came up in i think season three when nancy and gang were all hot on the trail of what was going on and hopped in the car to go to the holloway's house and mike and will had to ride in the way back of the station wagon (laughs) so my number five is riding in the way back which is funny because they didn't like it and i used to love to ride in the way back yeah, Will's like, this is my life, or yeah. my life, or something. <laughs> yeah, I like riding in the way back because you can oh, sit sideways, too. you could sit backwards. Oh yeah, there's a no, whole like little pit. You could play board games. No seatbelt, no nothing, just climb in the back and the go. Eighties were a wild time, man. It was <laughs> lawless. Still have no idea how half of us made it out of it. I don't <laughs> either. <laughs> so that's my number five. Number four was. Both the coolest thing and the bane of my existence through most of the <laughs> 80s. And that was the Columbia Record and Tape Club. I feel like you're the only person I know that actually signed up for that. Oh, I actually did it. And my mom was so funny because she would, you know, the things would come in the mail every month. And I would not send it back in or because you have to you have to opt out or they just automatically send you yes. something. Yeah. And, and, and there's no like just unsubscribe button like there is no, today. No, no. You have to physically either. go yeah. to to the post office. Yes. And use mail and a stamp and say, mm-hmm. no, I don't want this or whatever. But if you and if you didn't send it, they would just automatically send you whatever the monthly selection was. And it was never anything good. But right. it, it was really cool you know, going through the whole list of all of them, picking out the 12 that you wanted for a penny. And then when that box would arrive about the size of a shoebox full of cassettes. Yeah. To our younger listeners, you might have to tell them what it is. They don't, they, they don't know. So Columbia record and tape club comes along and, and they had all the ads and all the magazines. And I think there was ads on TVs too. I'll look up. Maybe I'll, I, I think I posted one actually with me when this was my Colin moment back in, in season was it season four, I think, when we did it with, with Max? Yeah. To, yeah, when Max, when they were in the graveyard flipping through all of Max's tapes, a lot of them looked like Columbia Record and Tape Club tapes because they didn't look like the store-bought tapes. They kind of repackaged the label, you know, the cover art, and you could just tell it was a, it was the same music, obviously, and the same mm-hmm. song, but it just looked a little different. So you could go through Columbia Record and Tape Club had this whole catalog of hundreds of, of tapes and you could just go through and pick out the 12 you wanted, pay a penny. You would stick a penny. You would literally scotch tape a penny to the card and ship it but in. But if you, but you, it was only to test out the 12. You didn't well, you, get to. No, you got those 12. You got those 12, but you were then enrolled in the club. 
And every month. Oh, I thought you had to send back the ones you didn't nope, want. No, nope, you kept them all. Oh, okay. But then every month, Columbia Record Tape Club would send you a new catalog in the mail and gotcha. they would highlight a particular tape for that month. <laughs> if you didn't send the form back saying, no, I don't want this tape, if they would send it to you about a week later automatically. So you could either not do anything and get the tape that they picked for you, say you don't want anything, or, you know, fulfill your obligation to the club and buy, you know, something else. So that was Columbia Record and Tape Club. All right. Yeah. Number three, I picked because it, it just it really resonated with me. I remember in season two, toward the end, when they're in the lab with Bob and they're trying to get out and open the doors and everything's locked up and they're trying to find a way out. And at one point, Hopper offers to help, you know, with the computer. And Bob says, you know, you can't really help unless you know basic, which is, you know, the computer yeah. language of the time. And I remember talking in that episode that there used to be when we had, you know, personal computers like TRS 80s and then, you know, that kind of personal computer magazines would come out every month. And I know Compute Magazine was one of them. And you could open it up and inside was a literal program written out in the magazine. And if you had the fortitude to sit and hand type in every single line of this 10 page program yeah. you could have a game or you know something like that that you could play now if at any point in those 10 pages you, you put messed a, up a backward slash instead of a forward slash nothing would work you would have no idea what the problem was and you know, whatever <laughs> but i did that all the time and so just the idea of kind of programming basic and and going on your personal computer and stuff so that was my number three Number two was and is and will always be my favorite video game of all time, and that is Dragon's Lair, which That's we see. It's not even really like a video game. I know it's a movie, right? Yeah. Which um, we we first saw in the first episode of season two when they're at the Palace Arcade, and it's the one with the with the knight Dirk the Daring. Well, it was like the best looking video game of all time. Sitting. It was like playing. It was literally like playing a cartoon. Uh, absolutely it was a cartoon yeah don bluth mm -hmm. who did american mm -hmm. tale you know was was behind it but yeah it was great because it wasn't you know 8-bit graphics anymore you know space invader kind of stuff it was actually i mean you're playing a cartoon basically and it was just so fun and i remember in the episode it was really frustrating though yeah dustin said something along the lines of you know I hate this overpriced you know bullshit because it costs 50 cents to play instead of every other game until that point, which only yep. cost 25 cents to play just because it was so cool. But I loved, loved, loved the game. And it, it just, did, it, did they ever have it on a home system? Did Like what, like Nintendo or something like that? Or, yeah. Did yeah. You, could you ever play so. it on like Atari or anything? I don't think so because it was a, it was a laser disc. It wasn't, you know, oh. that, that's how they ran it in the consoles. It was a laser disc that was spinning. So it was essentially a movie that was playing and you would just... Like kind of in, interrupt the, it to move left and right and yeah. then it would play for a while and you'd say left or right and it would play for a while so so that's my number two and number one which was actually a lot of people's number one or at least on their list and that is just the joy of the video store where you could go in you know even before the days of blockbuster oh and, yeah that's what i was gonna say it wasn't even just the video store it was it was the mom and pop video stores were yeah yes yeah. yep and we had one in Williamsburg where I grew up. Well, we had several actually, but one that we always went to. And you would just go in and it was like the world is your oyster. And you just, you, you know, pick a genre and just go. And 
I mean, so much of it just depended on what had a cool cover, you know, or what movie your friends had recommended or what happened to be in stock. Because sometimes you'd go in and you'd want to. Oh, you had to be there and it, and it wasn't there. Or, you know, you'd have to go up front and ask the cashier, hey, did you get any copies of E.T. back in or, you know, whatever. So but there was that scene in episode four of season one when Mike stays home and his mom comes up and says, you know, hey, sorry, you're not feeling well. I'll take you to the video store later. You can even rent something R-rated, you know, so. And then obviously Steve and um, Robin end up working at Family Video, you know, later on in the series. But yeah, just it, it's, it was just such a fun thing. And I actually worked at a Blockbuster for like four or five years. Oh, yeah. In the 90s from like 93 to 98, somewhere in there. I was like an assistant manager up here in Vermont. Oh, that's funny just as a part-time job because I got paid so crappily at my normal job as right a, as a tv guy so but yeah I just I just love video stores so riding on the way back Columbia Record and Tape Club programming basic and compute magazine Dragon's Lair and video stores okay all right are you ready for mine hit me mine are a little bit different just because we're 10 years apart or whatever but so number five is buttons on your backpack and it wasn't even just on your backpack. It was just buttons in general. Like well, I had, pins. I had a painter's hat. I remember in the eighties. Yeah, and you could put the pin. Like, the and you would go, and it was like just. I remember I'd go to like Claire's in the mall, and they would have buttons to like buy, and you would like yep. buy them to put them on your backpack. And now, like, did did you do like rock band like musician buttons, or did you do like no. cool sayings or? Mine was mostly like cool sayings or movie stuff. Okay. So yeah, all of mine small. were all all music i had like duran duran yeah. and halen and rush no and, i was like yeah. i swear my movie taste is born from soundtracks yeah and it is what i like it is what happens in that movie typically is where most of my music sure. or song choices come from so number five is buttons on the backpack number four is just the arcade in general because we used to have we used to have this place called Aladdin's Castle, and I think it was a chain. It's a chain, yeah. I, I, yeah. Like, so there were several, you know, across the country, but we had one, Fayette Mall. And when we would go, like, our family, every Friday night, we would go out to dinner with my grandparents. And then we would go to the mall, or we'd, and like, we'd go to Walden Books so I could get a book. And then my mom and grandma would shop. My grandpa, even though he was not a smoker, would sit in the smoker's pit at our mall. <laughs> Did you guys have a smoker's pit? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, they're used to, like, kids smoking inside was just what everybody did in the 80s. And at our mall, there it was like a, you had to walk down, like, three or four steps to get in it. And it was all these, like, cush, like cushioned seats that all the men just sat in and waited while their wives right. shopped. And they would smoke their cigarettes. They would like my grandpa always brought his newspaper and he would read the newspaper. And then my brother would go to Aladdin's castle and I was allowed to stay with him. But he had like, he was not allowed, allowed to let me out of his sight. So I had to, he always made me put my hand in his pocket, like, like hold on to <laughs> his pocket so yep. he could have his hands free right. to play the video games. And I would just sit there and watch him play. So that was my, that was my number four was the arcade. Yeah. And, and and the scene that opens season two, once you get past the stuff with Callie, um, that scene with the kids running around, scrounging for quarters everywhere, you know, you know, searching mm -hmm. through couch cushions and stuff. That's exactly what you did, you know. Oh, yeah. 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 Number three was just Max's Walkman throughout season four because Walkmans were such a big deal. And if you had one, it was exactly like if you I mean, there were off brands that you could get. Mm hmm. 
but you wanted the yellow Sony Walkman. Sports. Yes. Yeah. Walkman. That's what you wanted. That was what everybody had. And I don't really know where we were all going, where we needed to. I mean, I understand in like big cities, if you're taking public transportation to a lot of places, like when you have, or maybe, I guess on, we never rode the bus to school. Yeah. So like maybe on the bus, but like, I don't know why I wanted one, but I desperately did. I had to have one. Yeah. I mean, and, I, I used it. I remember like mowing lawns and stuff like that or riding my bike to the pool or something, but but I don't, I don't remember like putting it on to walk around the mall or anything like that. You know, it's just. Yeah. Well, see, we weren't like, we lived on a farm out in the yeah. country. So like yeah. we didn't really, I mean, I guess I would put mine on to like ride my bike around the farm or whatever, but right. yeah. Number two is the video store. And we had this place, we had several, but first came this little place called Hitchcock's and it was teeny tiny. Like it was very little, but my mom would pick me and my brother up from school on Fridays and directly after school, we would go mm-hmm. and see what new releases came out. But then we became smart and we would wake up on Friday morning and we would tell our mom what movies we wanted so that she ah, could call and reserve them. Nice. Said so be like, because if there was something specific that we wanted and did your, did your video store when you went in, you could at ours. And I think this is when we had movie warehouse, which was like a bigger video store. Hitchcock's was gone by this point. You could go in and you could like write your name on the back of the posters and claim them. Yeah, I mean, you could, you could, you could ask. You couldn't really claim them or anything. But at the video store I went to, you could, and I actually knew the guy that ran the store. He was actually my my swim team. Yeah, coach. you'd have to so, ask, and they would write. Yeah. Your, I'm sorry, they would write right, your name yeah. on the back yeah. of the poster, and they would also do it for the cutouts. Oh, so, nice. Me and my brother were those annoying kids that were like, <laughs> I, I was like, I want that critters poster. I want like, you know, whatever. Right. But do you remember? Like the forbidden section that was like the dirty movie. Oh yeah, yeah. That's really weird, right? Yeah. Like ours very. was just like it, it was a was, curtain. There was a curtain in front of ours. Like, was like room. a beaded curtain. Oh no, we had like a real. So if you walked, house. if you walked by, <laughs> the whole store you, could hear. Well, no, if you you exactly you, you know yeah. who the perverts were, but also if you walked by and like a breeze oh. caught the beads, you might be able to see <laughs> something. So you'd be like. Because, you know, I, at that age, I didn't know what they were doing. I just knew that we were not, it was 18 and older. You could not go in there. Right. right. I was like, what are they watching? But that's, (laughs) I mean, what kind of person had, had, you know. Well, we had, we had people come into Blockbuster when I was working there and ask where the adult section was. I'm like, we don't have, we're we're Blockbuster. We don't have an adult section. I mean, look around. There's no, you know. That, it's yeah. just really weird that they were just so brazen about it. Yeah, like, they just come up and yeah, where's your where's your porn films? I'm like, what? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's really weird. Yeah. So yeah, 80s, just a mm-hmm. wild time. And my number one is just the mall in general from season three. Yeah. Because we lived at the mall, like we. Oh yeah. Now mine was technically it was in the 90s because I wasn't old enough to just like wander the mall by myself mm-hmm. in the 80s and with Brenda. You know how she is. Like, she wasn't letting me out of her sight. So. Right. I mean, the first time I ever saw a movie by my, like, without an adult with me was seventh grade. Yeah. Which is kind of old for a kid in the 80s. But we would get dropped off on a Saturday. We would be there all day. We didn't oh, yeah. have to have any money no. to, like, buy anything. We were just there just 
I don't even know what we were doing. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're just seeing if your friends are there and see who's who's on a date with. Yeah, because you didn't have yeah. you didn't have cell phones. Yeah. To find everybody. So you would call your close friends and be like, hey, do you want to go to the mall? But then you would always hope that you'd see like a group of boys that you right. liked that were hanging out there too. And yep. it does make me really sad. Now, I will say that Evie does go to the mall quite a bit with her friends, but they always have like a specific goal in Mission, mind yeah. when they go. Mm-hmm. So it's not. And at our malls now. I mean, they skirt around it, but technically you're not supposed to be in there. Uh, anybody under 18 has to have an adult with them. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. So number one, I was, All right. was the malls. Buttons Very on the backpack, good. arcade, Walkman, video store, and the mall. Excellent. All right. Are you ready to get into some emails? Let's do it. All right. I'll take the first one. It is from Skipper Melody. Skipper says... Hey, Colin and Winnie, I won't even try to explain all the craziness in the last few weeks, but I finally got a chance to catch up on the pod. Top scariest moment, Fred's Vecna sequence. It is so unsettling and I hate to watch it. Yes, it is. I don't feel like it gets enough. No, because I think Chrissy overshadows it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, but his is pretty bad. It is pretty bad. Yeah. On Max Mayfield, she says, I didn't like Max until season four. Don't know why. I really can't remember what exactly I didn't like about her, except that I found her annoying in season two. So, but she likes her now, guys. That's so good. Nobody, that, that's put, all we need to know. Put down your pitchforks <laughs> and your torches. She likes her now. Uh, okay. She says, call in nostalgia moments. Number one, the Millennium Falcon in Mike's basement. My dad still has a, has his Millennium Falcon from 1977 and made sure my brother and I knew that if we broke it, there would be punishment. Every time I see them <laughs> drop it on the floor in season one, I cringe. I do too. Oh, oh it God, really yeah. like makes yeah. me like, I'm like all oh, the pieces. I like, know. Because there were so many pieces it would break oh i know i saw this and i don't know why i got you know a couple of months ago i got got into like a brief period of watching youtube videos of people refurbishing old things like blasting rust yeah. off things and old toys and stuff and this guy I'll, I'll see if i can find uh find the clip did like this 20 minute restoration of a millennium falcon toy yeah um that was all kind of brown and weathered and broken pieces and you know stickers that come off and all that kind of stuff and he put it all oh, back together Oh, yeah, but it, it looks so nice when he was done. I'll, I'll find it. And well, so I actually, my mom had kept my strawberry shortcake. I used to have like one of the huge strawberry shortcake houses, mm-hmm. and I like we finished it. Like we went and got the paint. Like we repainted it all for Evie when she was little, but it just did not like the right. plastic. Like it was just dry rotted. Like it eventually right. just started falling apart. So. Yeah. Okay, number two, she says malls. I always feel like I caught the tail end of indoor mall popularity, but I remember being so enthralled by them as a kid. They were so cool, and I wish I had my own Starcourt Mall growing up. It was fun. You know, our mall, I remember when our mall got a food court. It was a big deal. We didn't always have a food court. Yeah, we didn't really. I mean, the mall that I went to a lot when I was a kid didn't have a food court. The, the restaurants were just kind of scattered throughout. We had Hot Dog on a Stick and we had Orange Julius, but they were there wasn't like a court area. Where you, I think we had like an sit. Auntie Anne's pretzel. Yeah. We had like a Blue Boar Cafe. Do you remember those? Mm-mm. It was like it's cafeteria style, which was really okay. big in the 80s for whatever yeah, reason. It was. Yeah. Which is really weird. Why? I yeah. I yeah. loved it though. I loved oh, I going well, we and to, like yeah, we had one called Morrison's and we <gasps> Oh, we had a Morrison's. Yeah. It was nice. like whenever I got to pick for lunch after church on yeah. Sundays, I would pick yeah. Morrison's. Morrison's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was because they would let me put cheese sauce on my mashed potatoes. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, number three. The high school and middle school are so close together. I grew up in Ohio and moved to Florida the summer before my senior year. 
Stranger Things gives me such nostalgia about going to school in the Midwest. My high school and middle school were on the same busing route for a long time compared to Florida, where the high school looks like a college campus with multiple buildings for each subject. It's a fun throwback for me to look for me to look at an example of where I grew up. Ours wasn't like that. Yeah, our, ours were all separate. We had, they were, you know, nowhere near each other, you know, five, yeah. ten minutes away from each other. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Number four, airport season four, Mike arriving when anyone could get that close to a gate to pick you up from the airport. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I think about that a lot too, where it's like yeah. in the movies, it was always, there was always the movie in the eighties where someone was running to stop someone from getting on a plane. Right. Like right at the last minute, you know, like yeah. friend, friends or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number five, Radio Shack. Ah, oh, the good old days. There was one right next to a GameStop that I remember watching sales signs of various amounts going up for months right before it closed. Even the one in the filming town for Hawkins closed a few years ago. Anyways, hope to talk to you soon. Yeah, those are all really good. I don't think, I can't remember the last time I saw Radio Shack. Yeah, we used to have one kind of right across it, well, up the street a little bit, but yeah. yeah. I never really liked Radio Shack too much because it was it was much more kind of... Techie. You, was yeah, it like, audio, video, it was like cables yeah. and plugs mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff, but I loved like, you know, Circuit City. Oh, I loved uh, Circuit City. Um, you know, those kind of places. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, record stores and, you know, that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, next email is from Harry in Seattle. Hi, Whitney and Colin. Glad to have a chance to pick a couple of Colin moments of my own. Quick confession... I don't fit neatly into any of the three cohorts in Stranger Things. In November of 83, when Steve was a junior in high school, I was a college freshman. So I'm two years older than Steve and have a pretty vivid memory of the time. Number five, tube (laughs) socks. It's not just that it's fun to say and extra funny if you stretch out the vowel sound slightly. Tube socks. (laughs) I always liked the two color stripes at the top and wore them long after they'd stopped being fashionable. Seeing kids running around in them was a jolt of nostalgia. Number four, Joyce's Coffee Table in California. I swear my family had the same one. Dark wood, glossy surfaces, little floor-level shelves at either end that were great for holding books. Yeah, I mean, back in the days of, like, coffee tables. like Oh, I remember. I feel like our coffee table had, like, an inch of, like, lacquer on it, like, clear coating. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. And the little drawers Mm -hmm. and little spindly things Mm -hmm. and shelves and stuff, yep. Number three, Jonathan's mixtape for Will. There was so much work since you had to let the recording play a little long, then hit pause, then back up slightly before starting the next song so the cassette wouldn't pick up the chunk of the tape players. <laughs> oh, oh I didn't do that. You're on it, Harry. That's great. Number two, D&D Panic. I remember being excited to see a listing in the TV guide about a talk show doing an episode about Dungeons and Dragons. Unfortunately, the episode was all about how the game supposedly drove kids to suicide and devil worship. The only person they brought on to speak for the game itself was a self-professed Satanist who delighted in aggravating the studio audience. Hated it. Oh, the yeah. The was just as dumb as the present. Yeah, and they actually touched on this um, in that, um, the current affair bit. At the, at at the, the end the, of season three. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about that. But oh, yeah, I, I remember. It was like everywhere. Like my mom didn't want my brother to play it. Because, I mean, that was just, I mean, they were just like talking about satanic and yeah because <laughs> like, it had wizards yeah i never really played it a lot a lot of my friends played it you know so i'd watch them play but i never really you know had characters in the i've never really got like understood i don't think i could do it yeah. i think i would feel too silly like myself mm-hmm. like i would get embarrassed for myself right yeah you know what i mean like i'd be like yeah. i look like an idiot doing this yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna roll this dice because i'm a dwarf and yes I yeah, yeah i can't i can't do it and number one, Lucas unpacking his backpack with all his gear from Nam. 
so many shows and movies in the 80s reference Vietnam and watching that scene helped me realize how completely it has aged out of pop culture. Yeah, it really has. There was a bit of yeah. a, like a Vietnam kick in the 80s with, you know, Platoon and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's just, it's kind of, kind of fizzled away a little bit. So, okay. Harry wraps up honorable mentions to family members listening in on the extension on your phone, crappy digital watches, other people listening to and enjoying journey, a band I always hated, he says, and kids with the freedom to play and explore on their own. Keep up the good work from Harry. Thank you, Harry. That's a great email. He was. All right. Next up is our buddy Harriet. She's in Australia. She says, hi, Colin and Whitney. It was a downtime for the trumpets and band, so I quickly wrote the email from last episode. Yeah, and you Whitney, were giving her crap about why. Oh, yes. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Harriet. And Whitney, I wish there was a recording of your Jurassic World theme song. That would be so funny to listen to. I am sure there is. It is. It's probably on one of those, like, mini VHS t- tapes because like we've filmed it but uh, I mean I could still play it for you you guys just have to you know I just need access to a piano okay there you go uh obviously I don't really have any call-in moments but I had a few questions about what was real and what was improvised by the showrunners number one were adults really nowhere during breaks I would have said they'd be there to supervise stuff and supervise their kids but especially with the Angela schmack, no adult was in sight. No, that was really, for the most part, that's how it was. Now, my mom, Brenda, was not like that because of Adam. What was that kid? Okay. Adam in the 80s at Sears. Yeah. Yep, yep. Adam Walsh. Yep. Is that his name? Yep, Adam Walsh. Yes. Terrible story. But Brenda picked up on that. And was convinced I would be kidnapped. So yeah, I mean, we would have parents at like you know birthday parties, you know that kind of stuff. But yeah, if we went to the mall or or went to the got dropped off at the movies, there weren't there weren't parents around. Or you know, I I mean, I've I've talked before about how I'd get up in the morning and I'd have swim team practice, and I'd come home and you know have breakfast, and then just go back to the pool all day. And there were adults there, but my mom wasn't necessarily there. Yeah, I mean, there were lifeguards and stuff. But yeah, well, we were free to kind of do whatever as long as we were home by dinner or whatever. Okay, picture this. Louisville is like a big, it's, it's, I would call it a big, like, metropolitan. What's the word I'm looking for? Metropolis. Yep. So, my husband, who's six years older than me, in, when he was in second grade, he biked across Louisville just because they were bored. Him and his best friend, Paul Miller. Seven years old. Okay. Yeah, parents were just like, yeah, be home by dark. Yep. Hope you don't get killed. Yeah, go for it. Uh, number two, what is an orange Julius? The only thing I can imagine that would be close to that in Australia is a boost juice, which is just like a make your own juice place. Is it like that? Uh, no, it's, I don't think I haven't had an orange Julius in probably 20 years. Yeah. It's kind of a. Kind of like creamsicle. It's yeah. It's kind of a melted creamsicle. It's like a frothy. I think there's like egg whites in it and it's orange juice and and vanilla flavoring. So it's like a, if you can think of like what a creamsicle tastes like, that's kind of what an orange. I think they also, I think it was also kind of like a dairy queen. I thought they had like food. They did. They have other stuff, but yeah, but it was, it was famous for that orange Julius. Yeah. It was just like a, it was like a, call it an orange milkshake and you're close, but yeah, something like that. Yeah. I think we actually have one now in our mall. They're still around. Yeah. So, number three, it's not really something mentioned in the show, but Colin, you always mention the A-Team. What was the show about? Oh. Oh, I got to find the, uh, what's, the, what's the opening? The opening. But there was a, there was a monologue that they, at the beginning. Oh, um, yeah. Um, oh, I got to find it. Oh, I guarantee Mike knows it word for word. I could call him in here right now and he'd say it. Okay. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So the general gist of the show is, well, I'll just read here. Here's, here's before every show back when TV shows had opening credits, the A team had opening credits, they're really good opening credits. And I'll post a, I'll post a link to that too. I'm sure that's on YouTube somewhere, but the, the opening narration of the opening credits every week was in 1972, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime. They didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security stockade to the Los Angeles underground today, still wanted by the government. They survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help. And if you can find them, maybe you can hire. The eighteen, <laughs> yes. Gun, gunshots ring out. Yeah, that so was four people. It was four of them, right? Yeah, four people, and basically it was like uh, kind Face. of reformed good guys that would go out and and help, you know, whatever was going wrong in 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 the community generally in the Los Angeles area. And, and so Mr. T would, was in it. Mr. T, George Papard, Dirk Benedict from Battlestar Galactica, and then George Dwight Schultz. Papard is from Breakfast at Tiffany's. That's right. Yep. Yes. And then Dwight Schultz was Murdoch, Helen Mad Murdoch. So the four of them, you know, you had like the the planner, and then you had the tough guy. Face was you, the good looking, charming face was one. Good looking. Yep. And yeah. then uh, Murdoch was kind of the nutball you know kind of loose cannon yes like guy. you didn't know but, what he was going to do but you would send him in on all the crazy missions yeah. they remade it into a movie which wasn't terrible no yeah not too Mason. long ago that no, wasn't too bad yeah so. um who played who played face dirk benedict yeah he was in he was in battlestar galactica he played starbuck in the original battlestar galactica like the late 70s early 80s battlestar galactica that's that's where i knew him from is is 18 where pity the fool comes from or was that from his wrestling career i think it was just more kind of kind of him i don't i don't remember him saying it a lot in the show he may have but i don't know but i always yeah, the, loved him he was, was always my favorite when i was little it was really funny in the opening credits you'll see it when i when i post it but there's a shot where because the, they go character by character you know mm-hmm. dirk benedict as and there's a shot of dirk benedict standing there in a cylon from battlestar galactica walks in front of him like on on hollywood boulevard oh he's kind of double takes because that was the show he yeah. was just on before he was on the a-team so that's cute. funny yeah so, yes, that is the A-Team. Um, and she says, that's kind of all I got. But I recently watched the finale of The Owl House. And I don't think I've cried so much since Stranger Things. It is an amazing show. And I would highly recommend. Love, Harriet. I don't think we have that here. I've never even heard of it, actually. Me either. Well, it's it says it's American. Stuff. It's an American animated fantasy TV series that aired on the oh. Disney Channel. Oh. So, there you go. All right, next email is from our buddy Jason in Toronto. Hey, Whitney and Colin, it's Jason from Toronto here. I just said that. I was excited to hear about what the topic was for this since I was born in the mid-70s, but was a child of the 80s. My favorite things that pertain to the 80s in the show are, number five, Super Nintendo. Oh, how I loved Nintendo at that age. I hated Duck Hunt, though, because I was never good at it, but Mario Brothers and the first Zelda were my jam. I did like I did like Mario Brothers a lot. Oh, I, I love, I didn't like Zelda, but I loved I Mario. Really but when did Super Nintendo come out? 88? Somewhere in there, 88, 89. Maybe. I liked Super Nintendo because it had that, there was one, it was like Tetris Attacks. It was my favorite. Yep. yep. And it was the only system they had that game on. Number four, he says, kids being able to go out all hours without parents wondering where they were. Exactly. When I think about how crazy that is now, it makes me laugh because I just never had a curfew. I came home at whatever hour it was, but it was never taken advantage of. Jason, Jason was a good boy. Yes. Number three, Dungeons and Dragons. I loved playing it and honestly still miss getting together to play it with friends. Number two, this is a great one, having to look up movie times in the newspaper. 
such a vivid memory of doing that when I was younger, before any form of movie phone and well before picking my own seats in a movie theater while purchasing tickets online. I miss the act of looking through my dad's newspaper to find out showtime so I could go see movies with my cousins. Yeah, I mean, these days you just pop open your phone, pick your seat and you go. But yeah, you yeah. had to literally have a newspaper that was, or call the movie theater. That was You had the to call the movie could... theater or, and do you remember like there before stadium seating was a nightmare. Oh yeah. If you weren't, if you were a little kid. Yes. I mean, it was just, you had to be, you had to have somebody that would let you sit in their lap basically. Yeah. Because kind of, you're leading to one side or the other through the whole movie. Yeah. yeah Cause you didn't want front row because your deck would be sore, but yep. we didn't have stadium seating. So if you were short and you got behind somebody, you were out of luck. That's right. And number one from Jason is the video store. I miss going every Friday night to the movie store with my dad and getting him to rent me movies. I was a child of divorce. So I spent the summers with my dad and stepmom and bonding over movies is something we did. I mean, the thing about movie rentals is that I got to watch movies like Nightmare and The Goonies and Stand By Me and Lost Boys and all these great movies that I still remember to this day where I was when I saw them. With streaming and video on demand, you have much more variety, but it can never duplicate the feeling of going to the video store to see if the movie you wanted was there or choosing a movie specifically because the cover looked cool. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. I watched so many horror movies as a child. It isn't even funny. Now, as a 46-year-old man, I can't even deal with any of the new flock of horror films unless they're slasher unless they are slashers or horror comedy like Happy Death Day, which I loved. I did love Happy <laughs> Death Day. Anyway, guys, thanks for doing this podcast. It's really grown to be a must-listen for me. All the best. Your buddy Jason from Toronto. Oh, yeah. I have vivid memories of the horror section of all the movies I wasn't allowed to rent, but was like really wanted to. All right. Our next email is from Eve in England, and she says, Hey, Colin and Whitney, how are you guys doing? We are on Easter break over in Birmingham, so I've had a week of binge watching and binge listening to Stranger Things and this pod, which is time definitely well spent. I am one of the littles, but ironically, I feel like I have had a couple of Colin moments myself. So number one, watching E.T. for the first time. I remember watching this when I was little. I must have been about 10. We shut the curtains and turned all of, turned all the lights off, then hit play. Our version was on a very old DVD player, and when it came on, it was a miracle. Have loved the film ever since, but looking back, it really felt like watching it in a cinema on its premiere date back in the 80s with a projector rather than a streaming service. I definitely think my parents have more Colin moments, though, as they were the, pa- the party's age in the 80s. I'll have to pick their brains for some. My other one is my first bike. It was a really old BMX that I got from a really old bike shop that could have easily sprung up in the 80s, and it's still going strong today. As well wow. as a couple of moments, I have a question for you. In Stranger Things 3, Klein has a phone but it's like a cross between a mobile and a house phone, <laughs> like Joyce's. What on earth is it called? That is a very early cell phone. That was the very first cell phone. Yeah, it's like in Wall Street with Gordon Gecko. Yep. And, yeah, same thing. Yeah, yes. it's like a brick. Yeah. A little fixed antenna on top of it. Yeah. Yes. That's what and they look like. If you, I'm trying to think if anything, they, if you watch um, old episodes of Saved by the Bell, Zach had one. Okay. Yep. That he would bring to school, he would sneak it in. So, yep. and it looked just like that. But yep, yeah, that it's, was. It's it's just a cell phone. Yeah. Okay. As usual, thank you so much for your effort with this podcast and stay strange, my dudes. Eve. From Doug and Buffalo. Hey, Whitney and Colin, thank you for including my email last episode. And thank you both for your such kind words. It was generally mo- genuinely moving. Colin, you did a wonderful job shoring it up too. Very nice. My top eight Colin moments in no particular order. I was born in 83, so my memories of the 80s are catching the tail end of these things and bleeding into the early 90s, but nonetheless, it wasn't much different. Rinkomania. Oh, my Lord. Were roller skate parties uh, such a big deal and such a fun time? 
our local rink had a legit character. I don't know if he was the manager there or just a skate <laughs> enthusiast, but he was at every party shaking it on the rink. He had to be in his 30s and had bleached blonde hair with a perm. He'd shoot the duck and all of us kids would go wild. As we got a little older, though, we started asking, who is this guy? <laughs> the peak of every party, too, was when they play the Ghostbusters theme. We also would play Four Corners, and there was a big two-foot, six-sided die that they'd roll to see who was eliminated. That's oh, that's I mean. fun. I've never heard of that. Yeah. But we were talking about the roller rink this weekend because it was spring break last week, and my kids, took my friend took their kids to the roller rink, and they were like, why are there so many adults here without <laughs> any kids with them? I'm like, I don't know, man. It's weird. <laughs> Next, he says, hanging out at the mall. We just go there all day, unsupervised with no money. Yep. Checking the newspaper for movie times. Cigarettes everywhere indoors. Honestly, the show doesn't even come close to showing how normal this was. It yeah, really doesn't. True. But it cracks me up that they have to put a warning now that there are going to be, there's like a lot of smoking. And a shows. lot of smoking. Yep. The Wheeler basement, not only the set design, which was spot on, but more so how it was presented. Even if another friend had a finished basement, there was always just one that was the go-to home base. The adults never came down, and it wasn't even abnormal at times to be hanging out down there without the kids who lived there, <laughs> which is great. The kids mildly cursing. Language! This is so accurate, and I think it's what helps to make the show so real in the portrayal of 12-year-old boys, much like the Goonies, a la that Siskel and Ebert review that I played a couple weeks ago. They didn't like that dialogue, but we sure did. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Say, you know, the, the dirtiest word you could come up with without, oh, yeah. without going all the way. Yeah. Over the line. Ted, he says, we laugh at his lines, but plenty of dads were really like this. I, absolutely, they were very, yeah. very similar. Finally, he says, the boys showing up in Ghostbusters costumes at school only to find out it wasn't cool to do this anymore. This was a definitely a real unspoken uncertainty. Thanks, Doug. We were never allowed to dress up for school. We had like spirit days and stuff like that. I remember my girlfriend in high school and I dressed up as Raggedy Ann and Andy because you had to dress up as like storybook characters or something like that. And we could, oh, no. We I mean, I don't even think we had that. We'd have like blue gold days and, you know, stuff like that. So. Next up, we've got Sophie G. She says, hi, Whitney and Colin and all my fellow listeners. It's me, Sophie. Sophie's like our, our new like co-host. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she says, I wasn't born in the 1980s, obviously. I was born in good old 2010, and I feel super old, yeah. Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> I love all 80s music and movies. This will be an interesting episode for me as I love the Colin moments and your conversations about the 80s time period. So I don't have any specific questions, but I'm going to talk about a part of Stranger Things that fascinates me. I love how when you watch the show, you get transported into the time period from horrible clothing and hairstyles to limited technology and chocolate pudding in cans. Yes. Still really, it's so weird. It's incredible how the set designers and everyone involved make it so realistic. And don't get me started on music. I wasn't there for the Needle Drops episode, but if I was, you would have been getting some of my very favorites. Just for the sake of the 80s themed episode, I'll tell you my top five. Number five, Separate Ways. I love the remix. Number four, Running Up That Hill. Great song. I love it because I associate it with Max. Yep. Number three, You Don't Mess Around With Jim. It's so fun seeing Hopper singing along. Could not put this in my top five. It's one of my favorite moments of the whole show. Yeah, it's good. Number two, When It's Cold, I Like to Die. I've actually cried listening to this before. I don't know why, but I'm on the verge of tears every time I listen to this. I cannot stand that song because oh, it's, it's, it's so depressing. Sad. It's so sad. Yeah. No, no hate to anybody that likes it, but. Yeah, I just am. That's not for me. I'm like, yeah. why are you doing? And also, it's not from the 80s. True. It's Moby, right? It is Moby. Yes, yeah, Moby. Yeah. 
Number one, Heroes. Just incredible. Honorable mentions go to Twist of Fate, Object of My Desire, Cold as Ice, California Dreaming, and Sunglasses at Night. I do love Twist of Fate. I love Twist of Fate. I don't remember which one that is. How to be a strange Twist of Fate. It's at the dance, at the snowball. When they first walk in, it's the Olivia Newton-John song. Gonna be a strange Twist of Fate. She says, can't wait to hear the episode. Bye for now, Sophie. Okay, my lovely wife, Holly, threw in her top five. And being just a year younger than me, she was obviously a child of the 80s, too. So number one for her was Record Town and Music Land, record stores in general, which was my nirvana. It's my heaven on earth, (laughs) record stores. I lived in record stores. If you guys haven't figured this out, Colin is much more into music and I am much more into movies. Yes, very much. Number two, she says, going to the arcade at the mall. Number three, shopping at the mall in general, going to stores like Barbara Moss, Limited, Limited Express, and Gap. Oh, Limited. And when they came out with Limited 2? Yes. Oh, my Structure. Gosh. I had Structure, for God. Oh, Structure. And that was like, and we had Express, but I yep. like wasn't old enough for Express when, I fir- when it yep. first came. Number four, she says, crimped hair, which was Did it. so a thing. Yep. Yep. And then number five was banana bicycle seats and then tassels on the bike handlebars, too. Oh, Everybody yeah, that's a good one. Them. Yeah. And we, we were actually going back and watching that episode. She's like, Does, do any of the kids have banana bikes on their or banana seats on their bikes? I have like, a my bike has a banana seat, but it's a cruiser. That's why. Yeah, and, and we actually found one. Mike's bike, when they pull up to the arcade at the beginning of season two, has a banana seat on it. So it's just a little. Oh, you were saying to the kids in the show. She was saying to the kids in the show. Yeah. Yeah. So that was Holly's list. Next email is from Ellie in Greece. Hey, Colin and Whitney, how are you both? First, to get it out of the way, the Colin moment part of the email, I would just like to say I often feel like I was born in the wrong time period. I'm a huge bookworm, and if I didn't have YouTube right from the start, I doubt I would miss it. So I believe I would like to live in the early 20th century, like 1910 or 1920, or a bit earlier, perhaps, like 1880. And then I would have loved to live in the 1980s. I love the 80s so much. I would have loved riding my bike around town, spending time with my friends. I just feel like I would have had so much fun. If I had to choose one year in the 80s to live, I might have chosen 1985. The mall scenes in season three are so fun and the colors are so vibrant. That's fine, Ellie, but the undisputed best year ever in music was 1984. So you're just a year off, but that's okay. That's okay, because most people don't know that, Colin. I know. (laughs) (laughs) It is my opinion. But yeah, Prince and Madonna. Wait, is that not really the like... Isn't that like the legit like best year in music though? Is nineteen eighty four, or is that just you telling me that all the time? It, it is me, but there are other people out there that have said it. Yeah, there are okay. plenty of blogs out there that say nineteen eighty four. I was the best about to say I've been bamboozled. On Ellie News, I go to the music school in my city on April 6th was our end of the year performance. Even though it's April, I'm in the choir. So we sang with the orchestra and we were last to perform. We had a sound check at 4.30 and then we sat in our dressing rooms. I loved our dressing room so much. It even had lights around the mirrors. It was so cool. Those girls straightened my hair. And then one of my best friends was playing piano in a mini performance at six, after which we fooled around till eight when we watched the main performance. And then we got ready, went on stage ourselves and performed. We went on stage after 10. So by the time I got home, I was like 11.30. And then today, the 7th, I had to wake up at 6.30 so I wouldn't miss this bus for school. I'm exhausted. By the way, what did you guys do for Easter? I haven't had Easter yet. Here in Greece, we celebrate the Orthodox Easter, which is a week after yours, which means on the 17th, I think. We always fast on the week before Easter Sunday. And then on the Saturday before, the day before Easter Sunday, we stay up till midnight. After we have a nice soup with meat, which I would tell you what the Greek name is. (laughs) But I feel bad for Colin, so I won't. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then the next day, Easter Sunday, we eat meat generally on the spit. We personally do not have a spit, so we, we, ha we have it in the oven. It's still delicious, though. Also, we have chocolate eggs. I have to convince my mom to buy me one. She thinks I'm too old, but I'll never be too old. I'll be 30 and buying myself Easter eggs. I love that you think 30 is old and we're both sitting here pushing yep. 50 or over. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Easter for us is um, church and then little kids do an Easter egg hunt, which I don't know. Does, does not everybody have Easter eggs? I, I do a, I do like a I make a like a scavenger hunt Easter egg hunt for I mean we don't I mean our used kids. to be for both kids and then it was for Gray and then Gray didn't even want to do it so I just did it for Holly this year so Holly <laughs> had her own Easter egg hunt yeah. yeah and then we have um, we usually have Easter ham that yeah, is we did like that our and I think actually they made a turkey this year too but we have like a bunch of side dishes it's very like southern Easter. it's kind of Thanksgivingy Thanksgivingy kind yeah of there's I mean my mom gets the kids. Um, Easter bunny baskets, which yeah. they're just, I mean, she just gets ridiculous amounts of stuff for them. It basically is like Christmas. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Okay, so that's it for Colin moment emails, but we do have a couple other uh, extra emails, people catching up from Max last week that, you know, kind of missed the deadline and stuff like that. So let's go through those. Okay, our first one is from Caden. He says, hey, Colin and Whitney, how are you guys doing? And honestly, if you don't like Max, what is wrong with you, Mike? <laughs> But I still have to say, she does have some bad times. Like, for example, when she is emo at the beginning of season four. Which, do kids these days have a different meaning for emo than what no. emo used to be? No, I think it's just kind of dark and broody and, and mopey. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure. Yep. Just making sure I'm caught up on the lingo. Right. <laughs> she also has a terrible brother who is absolutely racist and wants to go have fun at the Motel 6 with a married woman way older than him. At least that's what I saw, he says. Yep. We all, all saw that. We all saw yeah. it. We saw it too. Yep. That's all for me. Keep up the good work and don't get Vecnut. Thanks, All right. Dave. Next one's from Lenny. Dear Whitney and Colin, love the pod. It always brightens up my day. Thank you for all the joy you bring me and I'm sure lots of other people. Max is my favorite character in Stranger Things. And here are five points why, in my opinion, she is the best. Number one, she's loyal to her friends. Number two, she put herself in danger so the gang could have a shot at killing Vecna. Number three, she has a very good music choice. Number four, she has an asshole of a brother, and she doesn't let that change her personality. Number five, she helps Eleven be herself and not be influenced by Mike or Hopper and shows her the fun things in life. Just to be clear, I don't blame Mike. He just loves her and doesn't want to lose her again. And number six, the Duffer brothers, please, please, please make Max okay in season five. She has been through enough already. I'm not sure if I can handle it if she isn't. Sorry for the long email. Love the show. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Lenny. I think I'm going to pin a note in our Discord that just says Max will be fine in season five. Right. <laughs> Everyone's real worried about it. She's going to be fine, guys. I promise. Okay. Our next email is from Tori. She says, hi, my name is Tori and I'm another 12-year-old. I only started listening to the episodes between the end of season four and the release of season five because I don't like spoilers that much. But I started listening to the top five episodes and I'm now on to top five main characters. I would listen to your guys' podcast every day in my bedroom, wrapped up in my Stranger Things blanket to escape from the world and my crazy brothers. Thanks for making an amazing podcast. Well, thank you, Tori. And we're uh, pretty, unless you, if you've finished all of season four, you don't have anything to worry about. Yep, you're good. With spoilers. Next one, Sophie D. Hey, Colin and Whitney, it's me, Sophie, again. I love the last episode. I thought it was so fun hearing everybody's opinions on Max. I was wondering if I could give you guys some Stranger Things trivia questions. Ooh. And I'll tell you if you got the correct answers in the following episode. I got all of these questions from the book, Stranger Things Field Guide. 
haven't heard of. I got to look that up. I know. Okay, let's see how you do. No looking up answers. Okay, and I didn't. I I promised myself. I, I have look not up looked up any answers. Okay, what is the password to enter Castle Byers? I know this one. I know this one. Yeah. Radagast. Radagast. Yep. Okay. Which member of the Ghostbusters do both Mike and Lucas want to be for Halloween? Do I know this one? Yep. Vinkman, because he's my favorite character. He's everybody's favorite character from Ghostbusters. Absolutely. Number three, what is Troy's nickname for Mike? I know it. Bonus bonus points I'll throw in if you know the other two. Frogface. Is Mike, yep. Midnight. Is Lucas. Toothless. Toothless. There you go. Yep. Number four, Steve's hairdo is achieved by four puffs of... Farrah Fawcett spray. The Farrah Fawcett spray. Absolutely. Yep. Number five, what... Oh, God. This is... Oh, jeez. Number five, what are the six phrases that Terry Ives repeats? I, I can probably get... I don't know if I can get them in order. Oh, I don't, I don't know if I'll get these. I only remember sunflower, breathe. rainbow... Oh, sunflower, breathe, rainbow, three to... F- 450. Rainbow, 450, three to the right. Three to the left, four to the right. Three to the right. Three to the left, four to the right. Four to the right. Breathe, sunflower, 450, rainbow, three to the left, four to the right. I think backwards. that's it. I couldn't yeah. tell you. I don't, I just. I think that's pretty close. Okay. Sophie. Yeah. Good, good, Sophie. And we love this. We, we actually, a couple of weeks ago, or a couple months ago, I guess, we asked if you guys wanted to do like a trivia episode and you want to send in questions for us. So yeah, we'll answer do, them. Feel free. Try to try to stump us, and we promise we won't look. Yeah, so. I won't cheat. Yeah. All right. Our next email is from Mimi. She says, I am a total horror fanatic, so I love all the scary moments of the show, but there were only two that genuinely scared me. Number two, Jonathan getting the upside-down slug thing out of Elle's leg in season three. Kudos to the special effects department for making gore that I actually find hard to watch. I do. T- I, that, that bothers yeah, me. Like that, it, that was really bad. When he's, like, digging around under the yeah, I don't. I don't like that. No, no, no. And number one, the burning baby in the cot in season four. Yes. Like that was not mentioned a ton, but I remember seeing that for the first time and being like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah. they, I can't believe they did that. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> yes. Next one, uh, second to last email is from Ryan. Hey guys, I'm a 12 year old who's in love with Stranger Things. Love your podcast. I'm going to Stranger Things Experience this week. Ooh. I'm jealous. I wanted to come. It's supposed to come to Boston at some point. But oh, really? They won't come anywhere near me. Like, like Atlanta, be six hours yeah. away. I have a Hellfire Club t-shirt and went as Camp Nowhere Dustin for last Halloween. I had a hat, shirt, shorts, and even socks. That's awesome. That's all for now. Keep up the good work. Bye. Best of luck, Ryan. All right. Our final email of the week is from Esme. She says, Whitney, Colin, I have news. My friend's sister's friend is an actor. And her mom was on the phone to the Duffers and was offered a job on Stranger Things. That's that is, really cool. That's really amazing. Really cool. She is 11 and blonde and about 5'2". They have obviously signed loads of D- NDAs, but the information that we managed to get out of them is there would be three children that age on set in season five. That's my important news by Esme. I'm guessing that's going to be Holly. Oh, that could be, yeah. Holly's friends. Or Holly's friends, yeah. Yeah, they're too young to be. Well, I would. They'll. It's been the same actress to play like two actresses. Yeah, to and play there's Holland. twins. Yeah, they're yeah. twins. Yeah. That's exciting. That's really I cool. Wonder That's awesome. If, I wonder if Holly might have a little bit of a bigger role. Maybe. Who knows? Keep us, keep us in the loop, Esme. Oh, theories, theories, theories. Yeah. I know. All right. 
that does it guys thanks for tuning in for another episode our next episode will be on april 27th in two weeks we're going to go back to our influence series and this time it's going to be one that hopefully everybody has already seen and if not it is free on peacock and if not if you don't have peacock get it on prime it's like three bucks or something it's a movie called back to the future i don't know if you've heard of it but <laughs> it's uh it's a it's a clever little clever little joint it's one of the best movies ever made no big oh, deal it's just so fun yes. and while you're at it watch two and three too because they're all great they're all good it's actually the only trilogy i've watched back to back to back i yes. haven't done it with star wars or anything but i watched all three back to the futures right in a row in yeah one afternoon. it's pretty easy to do though so get us your comments by april 23rd about what you think and like and comparisons with stranger things from back to the future and we will read them on the next episode Yes. As always, you can find us on social media. We are at Scoops Hoy Pod on Facebook and Twitter. And if you enjoy this podcast, we would love it if you left us a review, especially on Apple iTunes, because that helps us get in front of more listeners like yourself. So if you subscribe and leave us a review, we'll love you forever. Uh, if you want to email in yourself, it's scoopshoypod at gmail.com. And we have our Discord link. If you want to join our Discord, we've got a lot of our little friends in there and the link is on our twitter it's pinned to the top of our twitter page at scoops boy pod so as always i want to thank everybody for listening and i hope you tune in next time thanks guys bye bye Stranger Things audio clips and official score are the property of Netflix. Incidental music by Blue Mount Score from Pixabay.